Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Will you pray with me? Personal God, one of the Trinity, who is one connected and always reaching out to us, we ask you that you guide us in our relationship, forgive us when we hurt someone, and comfort us comfort us when we are lonely and disoriented, so that we won't be, be mad or angry, and I might find peace. In the name of Jesus, our great connector, amen. We're thankful for Joaquin for leading us in that beautiful prayer that our confirmands wrote together um, last their last confirmation class. And um, our question for this week, uh, which normally we have two devotions during um, our, our devotional series, our Seeking Honest Questions. We have two devotions a week normally, but this is all the same scripture. Um, it was just broken into two, and so we figured we would put it all together. Um, but our, our, our question for the week is, who has sinned? Who has sinned? And um, our devotional guide leads us from John 9. It's a kind of a, a longer story about who has sinned. So hear these words. As Jesus was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples questioned him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And after he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on his eyes, and said, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And so he left and washed and came back seen. His neighbors and those who formerly had seen him as a beggar said, Isn't this man who sat begging some said, he's, he's the one. No, others said, no, this couldn't be him, but he looks like him. He kept saying, I am the one. I, I, I was the beggar. Therefore, they asked him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and spread it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam and wash. And so when I went and washed, I received my sight. Where is he? They asked. 
I don't know, he said. They brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees. The day that Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes was a Sabbath day. So again, the Pharisees asked him how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, he told them. I washed and I can now see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. There he goes around healing people on the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a sinful man perform such signs? And there was a division among them. Again, they asked the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He's a prophet, he said. The Jews did not believe this about him, that he was blind and received sight until they summoned the parents of the one who had received his sight. And they asked him, is this your son? The one you say was born blind? How then does he now see? We know this is our son and that he was born blind, his parents answered. But we don't know how he now sees and we don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age enough. He will answer for himself. His parents said these things because they were afraid of the Jews, since the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him as the Messiah, he would be banned from the synagogue. This is why his parents said, he's, he's of age, you should ask him. And so a second time they summoned the man who had been blind and, and told him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. And then they asked him, what did he do to you? How, how did he open your eyes? I already told you, he said, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? They ridiculed him. You're that man's disciple, but we are Moses's disciples. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but this man, we don't know where he's from. This is an amazing thing, the man told them. You don't know where he's from, yet he opened my eyes, I tell you. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to them. Throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do this thing. You were born entirely in sin, they said. And are you trying to teach us now? And then they threw him out. And when Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, he found him and he asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He asked. Jesus answered, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshiped him. And Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see, and those who do see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, we aren't blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. This is the word of God for us, the people of God today. Thanks be to God. Well, we read this scripture together um, for our confirmation class last two weeks ago. Now it's like a week and a half ago now uh, because our confirmation class was about um, the very same question. 
who has sinned? And we talked as, as a class um, about what does this passage tell us about who sinned? And then we learned together what sin is. And so first, I would love to share with you what we talked about as what sin is. Um, I've got to do it with this balloon because that's how we did it. So um, let me get the balloon and this pen. I have a balloon and I have um, uh, some clothespins and I have a, a marker. And so... Um, We'll talk a little bit about the scripture as we as it relates to this. So uh, imagine that this balloon is um, first this side. Let's start with this side, right? Uh, imagine that this balloon is humankind, right? Um, and and so we'll write that on that humanity. Imagine the ceiling is, the ceiling's God. And at the dawn of creation, um, humanity and, and God are, are so deeply connected. Um, humanity has, is, is rising up to meet God and God is, is reaching down to meet humanity. And it's this perfect, um, beautiful symbiotic relationship, right? Um, the garden. Uh, the reality, though, is uh, that we really um, did not think that was enough, right? And so sin enters into the world. Um, uh, we began to control things. We began to not um, trust God. And, um, and in all so many ways, let's, we began to be pulled. <laughs> um, the sin is heaviness, this heaviness, the sin being that which um, keeps us away from God, disconnects us from God, that which uh, pulls us away from God, from, from, from the will and the way and the life of God. Um, uh, so we really thought we could control our lives. And so we, um, this is that control right here. It, it, it began to pull us down, right? Um, so we'll, we'll do it right here like this. So um, yeah starts to pull us down and then and then all these broken things start start coming into our lives I'll, I'll just grab a couple of these let's see all these various pieces like look to so God I mean we are so connected with God and then you know um we start uh trying to grasp for our um more than we should have uh and and so there are people with more and there are people with less there are people with when, when god always said you must be people who have enough right i've given you enough start stop clamoring for more but but we wanted more and so poverty and hunger enter the world right poverty hunger um, we started warring uh, with our neighbors, um, not living in peaceful harmony with those around us, um, uh, war and violence and, uh, and bloodshed enter our world. And look at what happens, this, this beautiful um, relationship with God, all these things. Uh, we started breaking humanity. We started not treating creation as it should be. Um, and, and, and this is what happens. That, that it weighs us down, right? This is what we talked about with our confirmand. Sin just has this way of weighing us down, weighing us down until we are so far from God, we don't know how to find God again, right? Um, what we know about Jesus, though, is that Jesus gives us 
um, injects this grace into our lives, this grace we do not deserve, this gift of grace, um, this forgiveness, um, um, even when we're going to fall again, right? We are going to um, do these things all over again. But Jesus comes along and, and Jesus enables us to freeze us from these, these, heavy, these heavy pieces of sin that bind us down. Jesus allows us to, to reconnect to Jesus's role in the salvation story, and we reconnect with God. We are given that newness again, that, that we are, there's this lightness, and we can, can, can find life and peace and wholeness in God again, right? This is, this is the story, uh, this story that we read today, right? The story um, in, in, in our gospel reading, um, it starts off with a, a question about who sinned. Um, and there's this blind man, right? And uh, he's been healed. And the question is, does he deserve it? Um, uh, I, and I, I know, um, first of all, there's many things we say are sin. So what is sin? We guys, we have to start with, what is sin not? Right? What is sin not? And there's many things we say are sin that we've that are that are not. Right? Um, we know this. We are a church that's affirming. Right? There are some some places and some churches throughout history that have said uh, that um, that that are not affirming and have have named um, particular things sins that 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 are not. Right? But but also, um, what about those places in our brains that say, "Gosh, um, we're going through a really hard time in life." Um, we can't find God. We feel really weighed down and it's not, it's like we can't get back to the ceiling. We can't reconnect with God. Uh, and we have made a sin out of something that's not. We start to make stories like, um, God, God, God must be doing this to me because I failed. God must be, um, God must be taking me through this season. Um, because I haven't been to church in forever. And that, you know, um, I, when I hear many of you, you're afraid to even walk into churches when I meet you, some of you who haven't been to church in a long time, and you feel like all this sin, it, 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 all this stuff, maybe maybe you have, really, divorce feels like um, like it's a sin that, that God can't handle, and so, can't handle, and so you haven't been to church in a long time. You feel like you're, you, you feel like you have, uh, because you aren't reading your Bible and you aren't praying every day or because um, you cuss every once in a while that, that there's not room for you here because that sin is so big that God's counting them, right? God is counting those sins. And, uh, and this is not the way we think of sin, right? Like this is not, there's so many things we write in our brain of what sin is that are not. Um, in fact, that is, um, that's the accuser, right? Um, that, that word for Satan we find in scripture, that's the accuser telling you a different narrative than who God says you are. But there are sins that do weigh us down, right? And the sin we find in this scripture is, what we learn is, no, the guy being blind, the man being blind, that's not his sin. That's not a sin. And, but we do see sin kind of creep into this as all these people began to point the finger at everyone else, right? Um, these keepers of the law, these Pharisees, uh, they're pointing the finger at Jesus. Jesus is not um, judging Jesus, right? Jesus is, is healing on the Sabbath day. They are constantly asking questions about this man's sinfulness. Isn't he too sinful? Pointing the fingers, isn't, aren't they too sinful to be bear, receivers of God's, of, of God's redemption, God's goodness in their lives? Um, and 
And in fact, we learned that all that pointing of fingers, all the constant pointing elsewhere to name sin, all of these places, that's what sin is. That's where sin lies in this, in this verse, in, the, in this scripture. This, it's, it's the people not evaluating their own hearts. So I want you to evaluate your own heart with me today. Um, if you had this balloon, if you had this balloon and you um, uh, wrote on the balloon, if we wrote on this balloon, uh, I don't know where my marker went, but that's okay. Um, if we wrote on this balloon, you. If we wrote on, on this balloon, your name, your name. If I, if I wrote on this balloon, Michelle, I wonder, um, wonder how, how close to God you feel these days, how or how burdened by sin you feel. And so if, if this balloon, if, if the ceiling is God and this balloon is you, um, I wonder what, what things you would clip onto this balloon. What, what would be those sins that are, are bringing you down, that are pulling you down, that are pulling you away from God? I wonder, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the sin of pride. Um, Maybe, maybe it's, um, maybe it's the sin of, uh, of, of judgmentalness, right? Maybe, maybe it's the sin of, um, of, of laziness. Maybe there's something God's calling you to do, but, but you're not. Um, maybe it is, uh, self-centeredness. Maybe it's, maybe you know that you are not, you're not leading the life that God has called you to lead. And you know it because you feel it. You feel it in, in every morning when you wake up. You feel it in, not only in that connection to God that, that seems to be gone, but you feel it in your body. The weight of this, you feel it in, 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 your, in your mind. You feel it in your, in your emotions. And it's, it's eating away at you. Because you have been meant, you have been meant to be in loving relationship, in beautiful symbiotic closeness with God, and and you, there are things that are 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 separating you, pulling you down, and away from what God would have for you. I, I think the the question here is, what is that for you? It's I have mine, I have mine. I know I have sinned. Um, that's one of the beautiful things of Lent is we admit that we are sinful people. We confess every single Sunday and then we hear that beautiful part and hear the good news. Christ died for us sinners. That proves God's love for you. That proves God's love for us in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever those things were, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Turn, repent, hear the good news today. Um, and I hope that you would join us, um, join Caroline in this prayer that our Compromands wrote um, as we close out this time and as you reflect on, on your sin and the God who frees you from that. Will you pray with me? Father, God, who is forgiving, compassionate, and merciful, we ask that you would forgive us again, teach us again, and lead us not into temptation so that we can stay close to you and forgive ourselves. In the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. The table of the Lord.